MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. The program, it's hour two on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Jim Boeheim and his son, Buddy, joining us in about 20 minutes from now. I went back and looked at Jim Beheim's playing career at Syracuse. The total points he scored in his NCAA tournament career when he was at Syracuse, 29 points. Two games, 1966, had 29 points. His son topped that with 30 in Syracuse's opener against San Diego State. Stat Whoa! Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Top. I think it's tricky playing for your dad because you don't want to see that, uh, have others see that there's preferential treatment. I played for my father. I played uh, American Legion baseball. And... Uh, you know, I, I had friends and, and nobody would coach us. We couldn't get a manager. And my dad said, I'll just volunteer. So it was different there. And he just let us play. Uh, he knew the value of playing Legion ball. He had played Legion ball. And I just remember playing. And then once you start playing, you don't think about that your dad is your coach. But I'm sure Buddy Beheim got to Syracuse and people thought there's nepotism. Is he good enough to go to Syracuse? And he was a good high school scorer. Uh, but he probably wasn't ready for Syracuse right away. And 
he developed. He worked hard, worked with Jerry McNamara a lot, worked on his shot, got taller, got stronger, got more confidence there. And now you can't imagine Syracuse not having a player like Buddy Beheim. But just that, what are the other players thinking? That I get to play, or I don't get yelled at, or others get yelled at? Uh, you know, So that it, it can be a delicate situation, particularly if you're not very good and you do get to play. And maybe you shouldn't be playing. Yes, Fritzy. I think if you're coaching your son, you almost have to go the other way. You have to almost be harder on him just to overcompensate and prove that you're not giving any kind of preferential treatment. And yes. then if you could slip, and you might slip my accent and say, why'd you take that shot? No TV for a month. You're like, what? And you think the kid's <laughs> seven years old for a second. I don't think you're going to give him a timeout during no, a timeout. No allowance. Yeah. Why would you chuck that? Yes, Eden. Not only do you not want to play for your dad, nor do I think, like, I don't even want to coach my son, yeah. but I don't want my son to play on a team where the coach's son is also playing. Ooh. It's just like, it's a, it adds a whole dynamic mm. to the team mm. that doesn't need to be there. I remember I didn't want to coach my son or my daughters, but, and I didn't even want to be close to the bench in the, uh, the, the line of sight for the coach. Like, I'm there, i got to put my son in or my daughters in. Wanted nothing to do with that. Baseball, I'd be out in center field. Uh, basketball, I'd be out in the hallway and I'd just peek in. Because I, I didn't want to bigfoot anybody or give the impression that, hey, put my son in or my daughters in. Didn't want that at all. Uh, and and I, you know, I don't regret that. Because I probably could have been more involved. But I didn't want to be involved where it meant my son got to play when he shouldn't have played or my daughters to play. Yeah, Paul. My first year of grade school football was uh, my dad helped coach our team. He wasn't the coach. He just kind of helped out. I remember feeling like almost embarrassed because I stunk so bad. It was I was like a year behind the other kids. My dad's out there yelling and helping and doing his best. And you know he never pressured me. But the one thing was during the games, I was always on the sidelines. So I got to stand right next to my dad and hang out. Like it was a weird thing because I was standing next to him because I rarely got in the games my first year. Yeah, Todd. I was on a Little League basketball team that went 0-20. That, that, that's besides the point. We were so bad. It was, at one point, we were down like 31-12. to 12, And our coach was eating like wonton soup and not even paying attention. <laughs> and from the sideline, my dad actually, and the ref allowed this, my dad called the timeout. And we all huddled over to the sideline where my dad was watching. And he was trying to gather us and giving us some tips while the coach was just totally useless eating Chinese. Welcome to the program already in progress. So we'll talk to Jim Beheim and Buddy Beheim. Did Buddy ever think about not playing at Syracuse? Did Jim think about not recruiting Buddy Beheim? Yeah, what if Georgetown called? Or or Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious the last time Buddy called mom and said dad's being mean. So uh, they'll join us coming up here in a little bit. The uh, great actor and uh, friend of the show, Jim Parsons, will join us coming up a little bit later on. He's leading our bracket challenge. Of course, Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory is. So that's a little bit later on. Phone number, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Just joining us, Dominic and Sue going back to Tampa. It's a one-year deal. Daniel Snyder has bought out the minority owners. He is the sole owner, or will soon be the sole owner, of the Washington football team. Joe Flacco is going to the Eagles. I thought that they might bring in Nick Foles. And if they did, I was going to be rough on the Eagles. You cannot do that to another quarterback, bringing in Nick Foles. So they brought in Joe Flacco. All right. And uh, Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback, or at least we think... He's their starting quarterback for now. Alabama had its pro day yesterday, and the offensive stars, for the most part, didn't do too much. Mac Jones 
threw the ball. He looked good. Uh, had his 40-yard dash. Uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and Najee Harris didn't work out, but that's okay because there's plenty of good stuff on those guys on tape. I think the big curiosity is as long as uh, Jalen Waddle's ankle, like this isn't a reoccurring issue with him because ankle injuries can stay with you your entire career. We wanted to see what Mac Jones looked like, ran through, uh, had a pretty good 40-yard dash. I think he ran uh, up upwards 4-6 or close to 4-7, something like that, I believe, McLevin? Yes, but like not like blazing, but definitely. But it's a pro day 40, which I'll get into later, so I don't think anyone trusts that. That's still a pretty good 40-yard dash for a guy who's being compared to Tom Brady. Yeah, but the variances on pro day workouts are as big um, as point two. I'm serious. Like you right. cannot, you cannot take these that seriously. All right. But Wait, what was Brady? He was four, five something. I mean, five. He just finished it. Just now, he just finished his forty yard <laughs> dash. That was a joke, McLove. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mac Jones did run. Remember, he ran in the title game and twisted up everything. Uh, he got hurt. He yeah. was. He made some plays. He yeah. could move a little. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But uh, Devontae Smith, uh, you know. I think size of Devontae Smith is obviously the issue there. That he's slight. He reminds me of Anthony Carter. If you remember the Michigan great, that's a good thing. Anthony Carter was, he wore the number one. He was a lot of fun. Went to the USFL, but uh, Anthony Carter had that slight build. There, there are more receivers in the NFL who have a slight build than you probably realize. And maybe he's like a Tyler Lockett, but uh, he runs exceptional routes. And I know that sounds crazy, like, you know, okay, so what? It's really important. You know, when these guys, there are a lot of guys who, you know, they round off their routes. And I'm, I'm taking terminology from uh, a scout because we talked about Devontae Smith yesterday. And, and he talked about how preci- precise he is in running his routes. That's so important for a quarterback. I need to know where you are, not I'll get there eventually. And McLevin says there's new terminology that I'm not aware of. No, there's a whole new language. Every year of draft language evolves, as we know. Like, what's the thing in basketball where everyone had their... Uh, well, there was wingspan, wingspan there for, yes. for a long time. Yeah, now there's all new NFL terms that have been coming up. as the Draft, draft coverage, by the way, is now... It's like the number one sport in America. There are so many mock drafts every day. And are you, do you have it against the grain coming yes, up? Yes, I have it against oh, the grain. Okay, okay. And also, too, uh, I guess it's a critique of Mac Jones. Okay. Okay. Just hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. I'll, I'll wait. We'll, we'll do that. Although then. the stats were good at his pro day, I'll tell you that. Stop. He threw for 32 touchdowns yesterday. He did? Wow. Wow. I mean, the guy catches it and he keeps on running into the end zone. Does that count as a touch? Well, yes, Paul. Oily Hips was one of my favorites. Oily Hips. A couple years ago, I think a Mayock dropped before he went to the... He said, that guy's got oily hips. He was talking about some offensive lineman who can move really well. And that's like, that's awesome. Oily Hips. They just want their own language. Yeah. You know, you're in, hey, welcome into the club. Now you can talk. You can use these terms here. This program brought to you by Peacock. You can download the app, watch our show all three hours. You can also stream Mr. Mercedes. It's season three, the gripping cat and mouse game. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up based off the uh, Stephen King novel. NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. The Suns are catching up to the Utah Jazz in the West. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Deshaun Watson's lawyers react to lawsuits here. 
as the number continues to grow and uh, will probably continue to grow. And it just feels like, and maybe you've already made up your mind of, you know, whatever, you want to side with Deshaun Watson because, or you feel like, you know, what these women are saying, how could you have these women from different parts of the country all sort of having the same story with Deshaun Watson? And what's going to happen next? It still comes back for me if criminal charges are filed. Because I'm looking at the football side of this, that if there are criminal charges, the NFL is getting involved here, and then how long this could play out. And it could play out over the summer. And what this means for Deshaun Watson's future. And I'm just talking about football future. Because, you know, I've I've already seen comparisons that is he uh, Bill Cosby. Is he football's version of Bill Cosby? I have no idea. But these are charges, criminal charges. If found guilty, he's going to prison. I mean, this, this is, you know, the potential for what it can mean. Um, football team, obviously for him, uh, you know, these women, what they signed up for, what they thought they were getting, uh, what they thought they were being paid for. Uh, so there's, there's a lot. It just feels like it gets, it's getting worse. And I think Deshaun Watson's uh, attorney, Rusty Harden, trying to get out in front of this and you don't have to do anything for public consumption. Don't have to do anything for the media. Present your case when you need to present your case. It's not like, Hey, they're saying all these negative things about my client. Okay. But when you're uh, have a position of strength, then come out and say things just other than, Hey, I, you know, he denies that. And uh, this never happened. Okay. You don't have to do anything other than make sure that you're ready to defend your client when it comes, you know, that time, you know, surfaces here. It feels like there's a little bit more public relations going on. And uh, the attorney he's going against loves being in the limelight. He loves, he loves being out there with a little bit of a cat and mouse game or what I know, but you don't know yet. But there's a lot of things going on with this and will continue to go on with this. And if criminal charges get filed, then the NFL is going to have to step in. Yeah, McClub. I find it curious. The only news on this story is uh, from both attorneys. Like there hasn't been journalists haven't uh, returned a single rock in this case. I haven't heard one report of anything that hasn't come straight from both attorneys. Yeah. Which I wonder, will that be coming at some point? And if so, how do you know when? There's got to be more to it that they can uncover. I don't know if the attorney or somebody who works with the attorneys then leak it to somebody to say, here's something that you should follow. Hey, you didn't hear it from me. That's usually what happens in situations like this. Yeah, Paul. And the football side of it, as you're talking about, we're getting a little bit close to the draft. I think it's still five weeks, but is it five weeks from tomorrow the draft is? Whatever trade happens with Deshaun Watson, if it does happen, would have to happen before that, I would think. that That's a seismic shift for whatever team picks him up and the, the draft picks that are shipped. I don't know how he could be traded. I can't imagine. I can't imagine a team going, let's bring him in and roll the dice because you're going to have to talk to him and his agent and just say, look, tell us what you know, or, you know, we, we can't have any surprises here. I just can't imagine that's going to happen. And therefore these teams that were looking at uh, trading for him are now going to look probably towards the draft and find their quarterback. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Uh, John in California joining us. Hey, John, what's on your mind today? 
Hey, second time caller, Dan. Um, coach Bonheim came out. I was a longtime coach in Southern California, and he came out to scout one of my players. Unfortunately, the high school toilets were broken in the gym, and we almost stunk up as bad as they did. But I was wondering if when you talk to Coach, he'd, I coached my son at Riverside Poly High School when he was a senior, and if Coach runs into the problem where he gets it more at home, then he doesn't practice. Although my son did know our offense and defensive schemes better than my assistant coaches, which caused some problems. Could you uh, check with him on that, Dan? All right. I'll ask him and, uh, you know, some way, shape, or form about mom getting involved in this. When's he going to play? Or buddy gets yelled at by his dad. Yeah, so that'll, that'll be coming up here. Uh, poll question, we going to stay with the uh, first hour? Well, we got a, a bunch of options that we haven't hit yet, including okay. a Syracuse question. Uh, if you were a big-time ball player, would you want to play for your dad? Yes or no? Like, not like us. Not like a youth league, but like, say, a college D1. Well, I, there, there's guilt if – it depends on where my dad's coaching. Because if I'm a Division One talent, my dad is at Division Two or Division Three. Do I then want to go play for my dad, or do I want to play at a higher level? Higher level. That would factor in. But I, I, and in the moment, I wouldn't want to play for my dad. But as I got older, looking back, I would be glad that I played for my father. But you know, I go back to Pete Maravich with his son Press. You know, and Pete got to shoot whenever he wanted to. But I don't know what that relationship was like between those two. I just know that Pete got to shoot every time, and he averaged 44 points a game. Yeah, McClellan. I would worry about if you're a coach, a D1 coach, and you have your son on your team, and you play him even the, over another player, isn't there going to be a perception that you're favoring your son? Would you always have to deal with that? Well, I don't think there's any question about that with Buddy Beheim the last two years. Yeah. Oh, not that he belongs out there, but you probably have that trepidation to begin with of how good is my son? He's a great shooter, but is he, you know, can he play defense? Can he rebound? Uh, can he hold his own here? Yeah, Paul. I think it was a couple of years ago, Doc Rivers was the coach of the uh, Clippers and had and traded his son to another team. Austin. And I'm sure Doc Rivers is, has the juice to be involved in personnel decisions with this team. That's got to be a weird conversation. Do you have the GM call your son? Do you call your son? That's a weird one. But he also has his son-in-law. Twice now. Yeah. I know. That's the crazy. So he favored Seth Curry over his real son. I don't want to go to Thanksgiving there. Woo. Yeah. It'd be dicey. Well, you got to make, you know, the serious big boy decisions there when it comes to your job at stake there. Uh, you can uh, listen on our great radio affiliates around the country, numbering nearly 400 now, Fox Sports Radio lineup. And uh, we'll get to more phone calls coming up. We'll take a break. We'll check in with the Syracuse Orange with uh, Jim and Buddy Beheim, And uh, we'll do that after this. Dan Patrick Show. Simply Safe Home Security. It takes about 30 minutes for you to set up. You order it online. Comes to the house. No technicians. No electricians. You install it. 30 minutes or less. Simply Safe. Incredibly easy to customize your home. You go to simplysafedan.com. Choose the exact sensors that you need. Get help from one of their experts if you do need help. And you're going to be able to be ready to go. Um, you know, it's a, it's, 
easy to assume that everybody in your house feels safe, but they might not. Worthwhile to talk about it with your family. Simply safe, small, easy step to make sure that everybody feels safe at home. You install it, and then after that, Simply Safe takes over. They monitor your house 24-7. There's no contracts to sign, no hidden fees, no pushy salespeople. You go to simplysafedan.com today, customize your system, you get a free security camera. Also, 60-day risk-free trial. So there's nothing to lose. That's simplysafedan.com. Tell them we sent you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. What's up, everyone? It's me, three-time NFL All-Pro Sean Marion, and I have a new sports podcast called the Lights Out Podcast with Sean Marion. This podcast is special to me as I get a chance to talk to some of the best who've ever done it on the field or the track. So whether it's talking to a Super Bowl champion or a NASCAR Cup Series champion, the Lights Out Podcast will bring it to you the only way I know how to. I'm giving you the best insight from the best who's ever done it. Listen to Lights Out with Sean Merriman on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. I started the show talking about watching some basketball yesterday. I watched Iowa against Kentucky, women's basketball. And this Caitlin Clark, she can play. First player with at least 35 points, six rebounds, six assists in the women's NCAA tournament since Candace Wiggins of Stanford back in 2008. And the next tournament game for Iowa will be against Connecticut and Paige Beckers is equally as great. Two great freshmen there. That'll be Saturday. And uh, I think it's must-see TV. We'll get to phone calls coming up. McLovin has a poll question. Or no, he has a uh, against the grain. Yeah. It's a, it's a pro, ga- pro day guide. Uh, it's for people who don't understand what's really going on there. Oh, okay. So the jargon. Yeah, the glossary, if you the will. The glossary of terms there. Let's welcome in uh, Jim Beheim and his uh, star, Buddy Beheim, the uh, Hall of Fame coach. And uh, Syracuse has Houston coming up on Saturday. This interview brought to you by Capital One. What's in your wallet? Uh, Buddy, let me start with you. How did your dad recruit you? Uh, It was a pretty simple uh, process. I mean, it was more the assistant coaches just telling me that uh, I had a scholarship. I could could come play here if I wanted to. And he just one day in the car, he's kind of like, uh, you know, you can play here if you want to. And I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. We didn't really say much else. And that's just how it went. And next thing you know, I'm here. So it was a quick process and uh, just just very happy I'm here. Any thought of not playing for your dad? No, it was just whether or not I could come here and contribute. And I think after my junior year, uh, they said, you know, you can come here and contribute. Uh, we need a guy like you that can shoot the ball. And I said, no doubt. I, I Never didn't even think twice about it. Jim, did you have any doubts or think twice, have trepidation about bringing your son in? Yeah, I, I think so, especially early on. He was, you know, a good shooter, but he had a long ways to go. But I thought he would get there because he works hard. I had to convince his mother, you know, that who, who runs the family, as you well know, uh, that it would be a good spot for him. And uh, fortunately, it it has worked out because if it didn't, then, you know, the locks would have been changed at home and uh, there would have been no going back home as, as, as you well know. Buddy, have you ever complained to mom about dad? <laughs> um, maybe if he's yelling at my teammates too much, uh, I'd say, you know, he needs to relax a little because uh, those are my guys and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's tough for me to see that. So anything like that. But yeah, he, he, he does look at me when I get on somebody and, you know, that's just good. He's supposed to support his teammates even more than me. So that's that's a good thing. And uh, it, I'm just happy our team is is really you know, stepped up here. We struggled this year. There's no question about that. But they all, every guy on this team kept going, kept believing, um, even when it, it it didn't look like there was much hope. And, you know, it's one thing to sneak into the tournament, but when you get there, you have to do something. And uh, this group has really done that. And, uh, you know, those are the teams you like. 
the teams that just keep going and uh, just don't give up. Buddy, do you have the green light? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's still sometimes though when I take a tough one, it's like too far. Uh, you <laughs> take your time, uh, something like that. But yeah, for the most part, which is which is nice knowing that uh, feels good as a shooter, knowing that that your teammates and coaches have confidence in you. Well, you have shooters, you let them shoot. You know, you don't you don't overcoach shooters. They have to have the freedom to to let it go and. You know, he's coached by Jerry McNamara, who understands that better than anybody because he lived it and understands what shooters have to do. And his teammates really have confidence in him, which is, you know, they help him. They help him get shots. And uh, that's we, ha- we just have a really good team that, uh, you know, wants to win and wants to do the things you have to do to win. And and it's it's taken us a while, but it's certainly – it's better late than never in this case. Buddy, the first time you beat your dad one-on-one was when? <laughs> we never really played one-on-one, but uh, we have we played a lot of games uh, against each other. It's more probably me and my brother that have had a lot of battles, and he'll ref our games or something, yeah. and, and we'll yell at him if he makes a bad call. But I used uh, to hate that. I used to have to referee their games, and it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal to watch. And I finally said, that's it, I'm done. Well, Jim, as a 20-year-old, if I had the 20-year-old Jim Beheim against the 20-year-old Buddy Beheim, how would that play out? Uh, you know, I was pretty good. I was better with the ball, but he's a, a way better shooter than I am. But, Buddy, uh, why are you shaking your head? <laughs> it wouldn't be a game. <laughs> oh, that, that, oh, that hurts. I've seen it. I saw his form when he played. Yeah. That's all I needed. Oh, they both think they're much better than me. They think they're better than me on the golf course, and neither one of them can break <laughs> 50, but they still think they're better. So it's that's good. It's good to be confident. I, I was do. looking at your stats, Coach. You scored, I think, 28 points in the NCAA tournament in two games. <laughs> Buddy had 30 against uh, San Diego State. So. Well, he- he didn't have Dave Bing playing with him. That's true. <laughs> That's true. He, he also went 13 for 39. But. Ooh, Whoa. I don't remember that. Whoa. Whoa. Buddy, buddy prepared <laughs> for the interview right. here. That is not right. Those are not the right facts there. I, that did not happen. Uh, I did take 39 shots in 10 games. Can we can we check on that? See what yeah. Coach, uh, how, many, how many shots that he had? We're back, on the case. There. Up. It was about. No, maybe 12, 14 shots. Buddy, do you imitate your dad? (laughs) Oh, man, I really can't. I mean, a lot of. A lot of my team, uh, past teammates, uh, even some of the coaches can do a really good job, but I just let them do it. They have some really good ones, and they got his voice down perfectly. And uh, it's it's funny, but it's it's definitely hard to do. No, it's not hard to do, buddy. It's hard for you to do it sitting next to your dad. But we yeah, do it. I always tell people, if you watch Coach after a game, I don't know if he's won or lost. Because he eventually gets like this, buddy. He just leans over. I get all the calls. Nobody. I need to have something for you guys to do. I need to give you material. <laughs> you, you know, well done. Going. Yes. Mission accomplished. Uh, have you gotten yelled at, buddy? Yeah, I think more early on. Uh, a couple of days in practice, I'd make mistakes or turn it over and He'd yell at me. Uh, I think he gets most mad when you make the same mistake over and over again. So definitely at first, um, but 
I mean, I was used to it. I got yelled at as a kid. So <laughs> this was a little bit different, <laughs> a little, little more louder and more intense. But uh, he, I want him to yell at me like a, any other player. Which, you know, some players, uh, they learn right away, and other players it takes time. And, you know, some you're still yelling at them when they're seniors. But, you know, the smart players figure it out. And, you know, once they understand what we need to do, um, you don't really have to yell that much anymore. Did you continue to coach? Did it factor in, Jim, to be able to coach your son? No, I mean, I'm happy. I'm I'm really grateful to have this opportunity. But, no, I, I never really thought about not coaching. Uh, I still haven't thought about it. I plan on coaching as long as I feel good. Uh, I think that age is – I think we've all stopped doing something that we love to do too soon. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to do that. Um, I think about two months ago, people thought it was time to stop coaching. But now they, you know, they've come around (laughs) a late change of of mind. But uh, that's part of coaching. You know, you're just not going to please all all the people uh, all the time for sure. You know, there was that moment after the game and your wife sent the picture of you two hugging. And... Like you're coaching your son, you're playing for your dad, you're in the suites. Like, I don't know if it hits you right then, but it, it seemed to hit you, coach. I don't know if it hit you the same way, buddy, but, you know, uh, Julie sent it to me. And I, I, I mean, as a dad, it's like, wow, that's pretty powerful stuff. Uh, well, I know I'm grateful to have this opportunity and, and just, to, just to coach this whole team. I, I coach Buddy 90% as a, as a player a player on my team. And then after the game, that father part might take over. And, uh, but I, I've hugged a lot of, I hugged Carmelo Anthony pretty hard <laughs> a couple of times. And I, I enjoy hugging a, a player. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, part of the time he's, he's my son. Most of the time uh, he's, he's, you know, he's a player who's, you know, doing what we need to get done. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking about. That, yeah, I do. that picture is pretty, that, that, that's a different hug. <laughs> what was that feeling like though buddy i don't know if it felt like dad was hugging me or my coach was hugging me yeah definitely i mean at first i was just happy to get the win and get it over with it was getting really close at the end so to be able to just close the game out was a relief and i saw him i gave him a high five and i looked back and i'm like i gotta give him a hug right now uh and it was just a great moment just all the emotions uh he's always supported me been there for me and this is just a dream come true so definitely uh, just a great moment and, and something I'll remember for forever. Who's the best shooter on the team, coaches included? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's, it's close. <laughs> I'm going to go with the underdog here and go with uh, my man, Kai Feldman. Uh, he was a walk-on two, three years ago. Wait, he's better than McNamara? He's he can shoot it. I mean, he, that's what he does. He's like he's a player. Players walk. players don't know what they're talking about. Sometimes this is one of those times. <laughs> I've been getting GMAC on the on this trip in our shooting game. So I'm gonna. I mean, GMAC can still shoot with the best of them. You know, but. he's right down over there listening to this, <laughs> and he's like going, "No, no way." And, and coach, explain to me how Joe Girard the third averaged fifty points his junior year. Well, he was the guy. He took 30 shots a game every game. They needed him, too. They had a real small team, and uh, they they just needed him to score. 50. And he played against constant double teams and triple teams. And 
Wow. I don't care what level you're playing at. It's it's hard to score even 30 points, let alone 50. Joe is a, is a scorer. He's made the transition to being a point guard, and he's done a great job. Uh, the other day, I mean, seven assists. He had six rebounds, and you know, and he can make shots. Uh, uh, again, all of our guards are very important. We have three really great guards. Freshman Kadari Richmond is just a great player, and but our backcourt is is very good, and uh, we just got a well balanced team now. And uh, we've picked up on the defensive end over the last three weeks. And, uh, you know, North Carolina normally scores 80 against us. And I think they scored, what, 60-something. Coach, you're giving me coach speak. Nobody cares about that. I want the juicy details here. Like, you know, has he ever done a bed check on you, buddy? Has he ever surprised you at your apartment? Is there curfew? No. No, nothing crazy, really. Just pretty normal, honestly. Uh, All during high school, he'd go up to bed about 1030. I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, he just goes, he just would get tired and go to bed. You know, he works so hard, Dan, at this game that by 10, 30, 11, he's, he's ready to go to bed. He does the extra work. The, you, know, you know, obviously he's my son, so I'm proud of that. But as a coach, you, you respect somebody that has worked hard to get there. And uh, most college, almost all college players work really hard. But, you know, Buddy's done the extra work to get – I told him when he was in ninth grade, you're going to have to work harder than everybody else to get there. And uh, and he did. He listened. And, and so I think that's the thing I'm most proud of is the the work that he's put in uh, to get there. And luckily, his mother's tall. So, you know, he got the tall <laughs> and, and, and pretty, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he has gets little from me in that category. So, uh we're very fortunate. Hopefully you hold on to your hair, buddy. Oh, I got a clarification on the stats. Paulie, All right. Paulie what do you have here? Yeah, in 1966, uh, Jim Beheim in two games versus Davidson and Duke, seven for nine from the field, six for ten from the field, 13 okay. for 19 in two games. Wow. Now the facts get out there. Yes. That's good. That's good. Yes. Yeah, they got, you got to bring that up with uh, – CBS, then yeah. they put that graphic out. Uh, I can't believe. Well, CBS, they're imperfect. <laughs> <laughs> they're Ask, not like Dan Patrick's no. show. They have, Dan Patrick's show has the facts. Yes, the right yes, yeah. we got the facts, or at least Even we know Dan can't shoot. Oh my God, <laughs> you know better. I, <laughs> I might not be able to host a radio show, but I can shoot, Coach. <laughs> if you leave me open. But we'll have a shootout someday then, buddy and you. Okay? Oh, no, no, no. That, that's not fair. That's, <laughs> I'd like to see you two go at it. Um, I, I'm like Jerry McNamara with a better voice. That, that would be <laughs> my – I'm like uh, Devendorf. That, I, I probably shoot more like him. Eric and I okay. probably have a similar range. So is that good – you know, gives you a good he idea still, there, buddy. Eric can still outshoot most people. Yes, yes. I was going to say McNamara against Eric – uh, would be a pretty good, pretty good yeah. matchup, I would yeah. think. And then the winner gets Buddy. <laughs> uh, hey, congrats! A lot of fun, and uh, Buddy, keep doing it, man. Keep firing. Yeah, we'd like to talk to you next maybe. week, maybe same time. Okay, that sounds. <laughs> that's fine. Bring mom too. Yeah, yeah. Bring we'll in a whole see. family affair. I told her she can't come yet because we're still because it's. She, we're gonna lo- we might lose if she comes. So I'm a little superstitious now. But. Well, but she texts people during the game because she has you know she wants to talk to somebody. 
Yeah, she jumps up and down in front of the TV and screams at it the whole game, too. Jim, After, like a jump ball or something. Jimmy's cool. home, and he won't sit in the same room with her. He's in the other room. So that's, that's uh, well, congrats. Great talk to you again, Coach Buddy. Thank you for joining us, and good luck against Houston. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our conversation with the Bayheims brought to you by Capital One. What's in your wallet? Make sure you sign up for the DP Show newsletter. Comes out 
every day at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. Recaps the show, gives you a heads up on some other things going on with the program. Jim Beheim is making his 20th appearance in the Sweet 16, second most by any coach behind Mike Krzyzewski's 25. It's weird. It used to be that Jim Beheim couldn't coach in the postseason. Then he won a title with Carmelo. That changed. Now it feels like he has trouble coaching during the regular season. It's when he gets to the postseason that he is really dangerous. Uh, you know, they're, they're, it, it's one of those where you get everybody understanding what your, your job is on a team. And he seems to have that this year. And, of course, you got that Syracuse zone that nobody can uh, solve. <laughs> yeah. Is Kelvin Sampson saying to his team, we got to solve that zone defense there? You just you can't prepare for that. Like a zone defense is not like playing against Army with the wishbone offense or whatever their running style is in football. They'd play a zone defense. It's not like it's oh my God, we 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 don't see the wishbone. We'll never be able to beat Navy. Yeah, Paul. Well, what's so funny about the arm uh, the interview with Behan though is that uh, his son mentions his stats like bad shooting in the tournament. Yeah. His son saw it on CBS. And Jim instantly goes, that, that's not correct. He, he was aware of his stats from 1961 off the top of his head. Yeah. Uh, McLevin has it against the grain. This has to do with the uh, terminology with pro yes. days. Yeah, this, this is a glossary for pro days because you're probably watching the pro days and you're like, what the heck are these guys talking about? Okay. Right? All right. Do we have some music? Yeah. Okay. So I've been listening to a lot of draft content, and there's been one key distinction already this year. Okay. You have to know the difference between a measurable and a measurement. Does anyone know the difference? Measurables. Measurement. Measurement would be height and weight. Right. Are measurables then the jumping yes. with vertical and... Yes, something that you don't normally measure. So I heard this piece, Rondale Moore... Uh, from Purdue came in at 5'7 yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that is not a measurable. That is a measurement. And Devontae Smith is 170 pounds. Now, uh, Rodney Moore's 40 is an important measurable. So when you're talking about a guy and says he has good measurables, just be very careful, Dan. You don't want to confuse people. Okay. Okay. Appreciate that. Uh, apparently, quick and fast are completely different things that have nothing to do with each other. Because <laughs> I, was, I heard that Minnesota receiver Rashad Bateman is not fast at all, but he's quick. I would rather have quick than fast. How are his measurables? Well, we don't know yet. He hasn't had his pro day. But uh, yes, his uh, 20-yard shuttle is more important. Okay. Now, apparently, the 40 no longer matters. Did you you aware of this? No. It's the first 20 of the 40. So now all the scouts talk about the 20. Or at least the media who pretends to be scouts talks about the twenty. Are they? Oh, okay. I was going to say, are they finally listening to me? It's like you don't you don't run forties. You may run a five or ten, fifteen, twenty. That's what I want to know. Yeah, you've been saying this forever, but now I'm seeing the twenties reported everywhere, like one point nine. Now I think that's kind of hard to measure, but wait, what's a good what's a good twenty yard time? Uh, like I guess half of four four would be like around a two or one point nine, but you're okay. Hopefully faster. Okay, uh, the pro day forties. I read a Reddit article it says that you could take point two off the pro day compared to the combine or a Reddit thread, whatever. Um, yeah, which pointed to an article that had all this um, data that, on average, the pro days are 0.2 faster for the 40 than the combine. And that has to be true, because you know when you're at the college yeah. and you have like a, you have a home field advantage and you have hand timing, 
That's not true. It's always fast. Okay. So don't listen to the uh, the forties that you hear. I don't believe that Rondale Moore really ran a four two nine. Okay. That's mean, but I'm sorry. And then finally, why do you talk about the forty and you don't talk about weight? You said Derrick Henry ran a four five four yesterday. Yeah. He was 247 pounds when he did that. That's way more impressive than a 200 guy running a 4-4, right? I agree. Yeah. It's, if if, if uh, the guy is 170 and he runs a 4-4, or I got a guy who is 250 and he runs a 4-5, I like that guy who weighs 250 running a 4-5. Absolutely. So why does the 40 time get stuck to all these players without any context? Like, it's, a, it's an unfair stigma, if it's you It's just tradition. It's easy to consume. We love it. You know, 40-yard dash, what did he run it in? Used to be the 100-yard dash and then the 100 meters. Now, just the 40-yard dash, we want to know. Now it's 20s and hand size. That's the rage among the kids, Dan. That's all I got. The hand size, whenever that comes out, like Paulie goes gaga oh, over oh. hand size. Yes, Paul. Uh, one of the popular ones recently is a, a one-cut running back where he does not mm. jump around too much, jump around. but makes one cut and gets up the field. Jump around. That's different than a downhill runner. That's someone who lowers his pads and gets behind <laughs> his pads, as opposed to getting in front of your pads, which I don't know how physically you would get in front of your pads. That means your body would be outside the padding. Yeah, but if you're running with your head down, you're in and, front of your pads. Yeah, you're, well, no, they say you're behind your pads. They want you behind your pads. But, but I don't know how to run behind. So do I have to run straight up? No, you want to lower. Well, you can't lower your head because that's against the rules, but you have to lower your shoulders whilst not lowering your whilst, head. Whilst. Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to run behind my pads. Right. Down, my, and downhill. Downhill down. on a flat surface. But you're running downhill. Eric Dickerson ran behind his pads. He was an upright runner. Yes. Then. But I don't know how I run behind my pads. And then, but the one cut back <laughs> is what everybody wants, where he plants his oh, foot in the turf. Oh. <laughs> and oily hips is a good thing. Not a bad thing. That doesn't mean there's you know something wrong leaking. It means you can make cuts fluidly. Okay. Yes. Yeah, as if you're more of a brittle hip guy. Brittle that's, hip. That's bad. Oil, and for oil. adults too, you don't want to be a brittle hip person. Yeah. Yes, McClellan. Yeah. Related to that, and you said it earlier. Coming out of your cuts is how you de- <laughs> define a wide receiver. Now you were kind of saying that uh, that route running. Devontae and out Smith of your runs great routes. Yeah. Coming out of his turns, <laughs> which actually kind of makes sense because when you try and cover a dude and you don't know which way he's going to turn, and he goes real fast. Yes, Todd. No, I had greasy calves once, and I went to a dermatologist <laughs> for that because I thought it needed to be checked out. I had nothing to do with athletics, but I thought I should mention that. Thank you, Todd. Welcome. And I ran a seven four thirty. Is that good? <laughs> Thank you, Todd. Okay. I'm surprised you ran thirty. I was running towards McDonald's. The drive That's right. Yes, Paul. With receivers, uh, you want to be a high point catcher or hands catcher, not a body catcher. They don't like that. Catching bodies in a lot of ways is a wrong thing. I I want to catch it at that at its height. Its you want to be peak? a high point because that means you're away from the defender, and a hands catcher means you're catching it away from your body. You're not catching it internally on your body. Mm. It bounces off. Yes, McClellan. I heard it. this is a little bit related to a, a great debate. Do you want your cornerback to be able to tackle? Is that important? Because I heard that uh, that uh, well, Caleb, there's only one guy who didn't tackle, and he's, and he's in the Hall of Fame. But Caleb Farley, the kid out of Virginia Tech, yeah. who mysteriously is having back surgery today after not playing, he can't tackle. Do you drop him because of that? That's the rap on him. Well, what do you mean he can't? Ta- he won't tackle. He's like a quarterback who's really good at covering, but yeah, he doesn't get. He doesn't mix it up in there. Mix it up in there. Like Sertain can tackle, 
Caleb Farley can't is not a great tackler. Yeah, Patrick Sertan had a uh, he, he had a good pro day. Oh, he's he ain't gonna last long. No, no, like he's a top ten draft pick, I believe. But what I like, I think the problem with a lot of these defenses, guys don't know how to tackle, or maybe they just make a business decision not to tackle. It just feels like that. That's why they kind of just like throw their body into somebody. Hopefully, I knock you out of bounds, knock you off, you know, off balance or something. Nobody wraps up. Like you see somebody wrap up and you go, wow, look at that tackle. That's the way you used to tackle. You'd wrap them up. Time for me to wrap up this hour. Yeah, Todd. Nicely done. Thanks. It's like a 10 seconds though. Uh, now I have 10. Jim Parsons. Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory will join us coming up. Final hour, Dan Patrick Show. One more item as we close out the second hour. Full Sail University helped launch the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Your bachelor's degree is in sportscasting. You want to be in front of the camera, behind the camera, podcasting, radio, everything in between? Full Sail's the place for you. Very, very few universities are doing this. A bachelor's degree in sportscasting. And Full Sail has so many great reasons to love their approach to education. I love that they have, we have, faculty with real-world experience, hands-on learning. You're going to be preparing for what life is really like in the industry. Students will be learning the business inside and out with people who have worked in the industry at a very high level. At Full Sail University, earn your bachelor's degree in about half the time, as short as 20 months. You can choose to earn your degree online or on Full Sail's campus in Orlando, Florida. To learn more about the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, go to fullsail.edu slash danpatrick. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.